Could the student loan crisis be getting worse? Defaults are hitting record highs. Now, con artists are scamming well-intentioned people with promises of lower payments and loan forgiveness. Plus, we asked our money friends how much of the $1.5 trillion in outstanding college loans is actually in default. We'll have the results of that quiz and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And coming to you from outside Detroit, Michigan, in my mom's half-finished basement, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihai. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories. With thought leaders from across the financial landscape, we break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends. And we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. And now we do it six days a week, Joe. We do. And today's episode is brought to you by AcreTrader. Diversify your portfolio with farmland. We know we do this live in front of a Facebook audience. I know how much Melissa loves AcreTrader. If you want to be like Melissa, head to AcreTrader.com forward slash MWF to watch the explainer video and uh, learn how to get started. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the show. But today, this always gives me a pit in in my stomach. Like, okay, number one, scamming seniors. Number one, scamming in general, ugly. But scamming seniors, horrible. And then second, scamming students. Just who, aren't there better ways to make a living? Yeah, this story is really, it's just plain sad how, and because we, we hear about the $1.5 trillion in student debt out there as it is, but we forget that a lot of that is just not even being paid back and people are desperate. They can't make the payments. They're looking for solutions, well-intentioned people that want to pay it back and they're the ones being taken advantage of. And and this is a, well, I can't, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to say excited to share the story, but I'm glad that we have a platform to share the story with our audience. Man, me too. I'm glad you brought this one to the table. Let's kick this off by seeing who's going to open today's show for us. This is Tim from the Faith and Finances podcast. It's time for today's headlines only at Money with Friends. All right. This comes to us from the New York Post. It is by John Aiden Byrne. Student debtors being duped by slick Wall Street loan sharks investigators. Financial sharks are circling distressed student loan borrowers in New York as defaults hit a record. Many local students anxious for financial relief from their sky-high college loans, now totaling over $1.5 trillion nationwide, are turning to slick Wall Street con artists who promise to lower repayments and to facilitate loan forgiveness. But it's a scam, say investigators. And we have a quote from Claire Rosenzweig, who is president and CEO of the Better Business Bureau for Metropolitan New York, saying, quote, consumers are struggling with debt. They are prime targets for scammers looking to take advantage of them. She was announcing details last week of a string of recent scams reported by local student loan borrowers. One borrower who didn't want her name disclosed said she was called in April by a company known as National Student Loans stating she, quote, qualified for loan forgiveness, which is a rarity for most borrowers. The borrower said she was ultimately duped for $826. Quote, they knew my social security number, the names of my lenders, and the specific amounts of my active student loans, added the distraught borrower, who eventually caught on and then contacted her bona fide financial loan servicer, 
which is now on the case. In another swindle, a borrower behind on her student loan says she was bilked for $1,429 by a company known as National Student Loans. The sinister sharks pretended they were servicing her debt. I was scared and afraid of what could happen and asked them several times, are you legit? Recalled that borrower who also wished to remain anonymous. The scammer in this case continued the ruse and talked the borrower into a bogus repayment plan of $199 monthly on top of additional monthly payments of 39 bucks. The borrower divorced in a single mom, of course. Sorry, that was my uh, sarcasm included in there. Finally realized, realized she'd been snared in a menacing scheme. I felt like they took advantage of a scared, desperate single mother, she recalled. I feel like they should give me my money back so I can pay my student loan. These scam cases are just the tip of massive grand theft in a student debt market. Last month, the Federal Trade Commission announced charges against the operators of two so-called student loan debt relief schemes and an affiliated financial company for trickling millions, uh, for tricking millions out of borrowers. Working with our law enforcement partners across the country, we brought dozens of cases against debt relief scams like these, said Andrew Smith, director of the FTC's Bureau of Consumer Protection. But analysts are not surprised. More student loan borrowers are in distress and taking the bait when scammers call. Some $89 billion worth of student loans was in default at the end of June, according to the New York Fed. Borrowers overwhelmed by student debt can set up loan deferments, forbearance, repayments, and forgiveness programs at no cost elsewhere, the Better Business Bureau noted. That's just absolutely ugly, uh, people being taken advantage of. And I wonder... I wonder, obviously, I don't think this woman's getting her money back. Do you? It doesn't sound like it because a lot of these organizations, they sort of fold up and re I mean, it's it's very hard to get money back in these kind of scams. And, and I think that, um, you, you know, you're just kind of stuck. And fortunately, at least the story is getting out so people can read about it and have their antenna up. But because of the way these companies sprout up with names that are very generic and sound legitimate, it's hard for people to know. And the truth is they do hear these ideas that there are forgiveness programs out there, but the, but as the article points out, they really are few and far between and generally apply to federal student loans. And they have a very high bar. They often involve working for as much as a decade for certain organizations and meeting a lot of very specific criteria. At the end of the day, student loans are one of the loans that is very hard to ever get out of even in bankruptcy, and you're stuck. But this is sad, most of all, because the victims are the well-intentioned people that want to find a way to make good on the loans that they took out. And so it's just, it's a very sad thing overall. And I was really shocked at the numbers. I mean, we'll get to it in a few minutes, but I did a quiz because I was so shocked by the number that you read at the end of the story that was uh, the number that was in default. I couldn't believe it. It's, It's just very sad. Yeah, preying on people's optimism. I feel like, you know, hey, guess what? I get to pay my student loans either off faster or with a lower interest rate or I get a lower payment. You're pay, you're you're totally preying on that, which is the easiest thing to prey on is it somebody that goes, yes, I can get ahead faster, either ahead with these or ahead of some other area of my life. And um, and and that's ridiculous. I think there's a lot to unpack here. But the first thing that I wanted to dive into just a little bit here, Bobby, is that remember the days when you could tell a scammer by asking them questions, you'd ask them, so um, what's my what's my student loan number on these or what's my social security number? These scammers, so much information is already so available. These scammers already know the student loans that you have, the total borrowers 
and and your your uh, uh, social security number. Like the chance of you asking them questions to get to the scam is much less than it used to be. Right. I think the number one protection and the woman in the story does finally get there is to go to the source of the loan. At the end of the day, you have a contract with someone, an entity, whatever it is, the government, whatever entity lent you the money, they have to okay whatever you're paying back. So if you're going to legit refinance, that person has to be involved. Just like if you refinance any loan, a mortgage, for example, whatever it may be, if you're going to refinance it and move it to a different entity that's giving you a better rate or a better deal in some way, the original entity has to be involved just logically. And that's the one thing that people can kind of always know. Whatever your loan is with originally, you need to cut, you circle back to them and say, are you working with this other entity? Can I transfer my loan to them? Cause they're willing to give me a better deal. And that's, that's actually my, uh, my first kind of, um, uh, piece of advice for people is that I think we're at the point now that if anybody calls you, you have to call the phone number that's on your statement and verify with them or call a 1-800 number that is from an established company that doesn't just sound great, but one that you can find on the web that you found other people that work for. Like, I think you, you, you have to place the outbound call. You can't let any of these offers get through. I think, uh, man, it's becoming, these scammers are getting so good at looking real that, um, that you just can't. Exactly. So as you said, you have to always go back to the original source. And if you can't pay the payments, the truth is, as with every loan, you can go to the original. They want you to pay it back, whether even if it's the government, if you can't pay it back, you might there, there are consequences, of course, to going on a different kind of payment plan to going into I think it's called forbearance, whatever it may be. But putting off the loan is better than defaulting and finding a way they want to find a solution because they are your partner in that money and they want to get back the money, even if it's slower or a lower amount, they're your partner in it and they will work something out. They don't want yeah. you to go under. They want their money. And so think of it that way and you'll probably find a better solution than working with a scammer. We do this live in front of a Facebook audience and uh, uh, we've got a uh, uh, nice group of people hanging out with us today. Melissa's here. Kathy's here. We've got Michelle, Kevin here. Uh, Gregory is here uh, saying hello also to uh, Karen who's here. But uh, and Dylan, uh, funny thing from Kimberly though. Kimberly makes a great point. She says, I don't trust anybody who calls me about money, even my family. Ha ha ha. Like, well, family calls you about money. I think that that's the first, that's the first no, no, uh, because that probably is a scam and you're probably not getting the money back. But, but with that, let's go ahead and jump on the quiz. Uh, you put this on, on Instagram and what do we got? On Instagram stories. Yes. At Instagram stories. And if everyone wants to participate, we love, we had a lot of our audience participation in this. Wow. I, um, okay. Um, so we asked everybody how much student debt was in default at the end of June. Joe, do you know the answer? Uh, I don't, but you gave us four choices, right? I did, but you should know the answer because you just read it, Joe. Did I just okay. read it? Yes. Okay. Of course so our audience got it. It was at the end of the article we just read. No, I have no That's idea. Okay. That's okay. You're, you're, you're traveling a lot. You don't I th- have a lot of sleep I think right it's, now. I think it's $89 okay. billion. Dollars. Yes, that is correct. Okay. So the good news is it was a tie- for, oh my goodness. Well, all right. So in 
third place, there, there's a tie for first, one of which was the correct answer. In third place was 529 million. Um, I made up that answer because I thought people might go for like a 529 plan. So I tried to have decoy answers. Um, in second place was 1.5 trillion. And then tied for first was 38 billion, which I don't know why people <laughs> picked that. I don't know why. And in and also tied for first place and correct was 89 billion. And by the way, the source was the New York Fed. And that was on the um, on the quiz. I did write that it was New York Fed because different sources may have different numbers. So sure. um, that's just the journalist well, in me. But so kudos to our audience because they did get it, even though it was tied with an incorrect answer. They did get the correct answer, that which is, was 89 billion dollars is the number Um that is in default right now. 1.5 trillion, which came in second, is the number of, is the outstanding student debt loans. I think we're seeing more and more is our audience it's just default. seems to have the heartbeat, you know? Yeah. Our audience uh, has the heartbeat. In just a second, we're going to have our takeaways from this piece about with scammers. But, but first, I want to talk just a little bit about Acre Trader. And if you don't know anything about Acre Trader, you're in luck because I'm about to tell you about it. You're welcome. Uh, Acre Trader is a way to diversify your portfolio with farmland. Now you think to yourself, whoa, 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 Joe, I don't want to be a farmer. Well, the good news is you're not. You're just a landlord. You don't have to worry about farming, about the ups and downs of farming. You don't have to know anything about it except for the fact that you are somebody that owns a field. Now, a field is very expensive to buy. So what happens with Acre Trader is they divide that field into much smaller pieces so you and I can take advantage of an asset class that historically has not been open to us. And it's interesting to see that so many commercial and big-time investors are getting involved with farmland because of the fact that a lot of it is attractive. A, farmland doesn't uh, go up and down. It doesn't have the what's called the standard deviation of other types of real estate investment or stocks. It's a much more boring, by the way, boring in a good way uh, for me, I think, uh, uh, risk analysis when you take a look at, at uh, the, the movement over time when farmland takes dips and when it doesn't. So it's much more steady. The second thing is, is that farmland, there's less and less of it over time. So when you look at the returns on farmland historically, they've been very attractive. And Acre Trader, because they're in northwest Arkansas, where my daughter went to school, right on the edge of America's breadbasket, these guys are pros, not just pros about investing. And you look at their background, you see that, but they're pros at the intersection of investing and how farms work. So for more about AcreTrader and how you can finally invest in farmland, head to acretrader.com forward slash MWF for more. All right. That is them, Bobby. Let's talk about Wall Street scammers. What's your takeaway? Yeah. Information is power and power is not always used for good. If it sounds too good to be true, be in touch with the entity that owns your loan and pay them and only them unless they have validated the other party taken, taking over. That is the most important lesson you will learn in what is a very expensive education if you get scammed. Yeah, I, I love that because you say if it sounds too good to be true, it is. It sounds like something my mom would have said. But you know what's funny is that we're so, going back to the start of this, we hope that this is the case, right? We hope that somebody can lower our interest rate or they can change our payments and make them better. So people prey on your hope. And that just drives me drives me crazy. But you know, like this woman that finally did it, she kept saying over and over, are you legit? 
well, no, they're not legit. And the reason she kept saying that was because it's what she hoped was true. And it, and it, and it really wasn't. So I like your takeaway. Mine is this. We often say in the financial advisory world, we often say, make sure and check or make sure and do this. We, I realize, and by the way, it's one of my most hate, most hated phrases because we can't make sure and check all the things that people like me tell you to make sure and check. Like if you're checking out your vacation or you're checking out your investment, you're checking out, but there are some things that are super important and other things that aren't as important. And when it comes to refinancing your debt, you do have to make sure and check that this is a reputable organization that you heard of from reputable sources that other reputable people are behind that you know about. You can't just have that hope that this is going to work out from a company that sounds legit. No, you have to call them instead of them calling you. And uh, otherwise, it's going to end badly. So that's that's my not so succinct, but man, I hate that phrase. Be sure and check. Like we say that way too much. I know. Much. We say it, you know, it's kind of like read everything before you sign it. But I mean, I'm sure I, I know I've definitely signed things I haven't read completely. I mean, anyone that owns property, those closings, it's a lot of documents. We've all signed things that we haven't read completely. So we all need to do a better job. Yeah. It is. It's ugly. And I'm sitting here uh, looking at uh, at one of the comments that somebody has uh, that's with us live here on Facebook. Kathy says, my bank called the other day about a transaction I made under 50 bucks and I wouldn't give info over the phone. He got mad and told me to call the number on the card and then hung up on me. Then he put a hold on my card over the holiday weekend. I didn't even wait for me to call the number on the card. Well, A, it's good that you didn't do that. B, I can't believe that he got angry. Um, because there's no way they should get angry. Not today. Uh, I love the fact that he told you to call the number on the card. I think that that's, that is fantastic. The anger part, bad customer service on their end. Cause I think that's what you should have done in the first place. So fan, fantastic. Or he should have told you to call the number on the card because they want to talk to you. I like it by the way, you see the big credit card companies, Bobby do that. Um, yeah. where they say, Hey, just call this number. All right. We are, out of here for today. Thanks everybody for hanging out with us. If you want to watch the show being made, head to uh, facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamins. If you want to take part in Bobby's incredible polls for these, where do people uh, find us on social media, Bobby? At Money Friends Pod on both Instagram and on Twitter. And we can also, uh, if you want to read the articles that we're talking about, you can go to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com and go to the schedule. We'll see you back here next time at Money with Friends. Bye-bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebell and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Our engineer is Caden Thompson. And for a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with a real episode of Money with Friends.
we're so going back to the start of this we hope that this is the case, right? We hope that somebody can lower our interest rate or they can change our payments and make them better. So people prey on your hope. And that just drives me, drives me crazy. But you know, like this woman that finally did it, she kept saying over and over, are you legit? Well, no, they're not legit. And the reason she kept saying that was because it's what she hoped was true. And it, and it, and it really wasn't. So I like your takeaway. Mine is this. We often say, in the financial advisory world, we often say, make sure and check or make sure and do this. We, I realize, and by the way, it's one of my most, hate, most hated phrases because we can't make sure and check all the things that people like me tell you to make sure and check. Like if you're checking out your vacation or you're checking out your investment, you're checking out, but there are some things that are super important and other things that aren't as important. And when it comes to refinancing your debt, you do have to make sure and check that this is a reputable organization that you heard of from reputable sources that other reputable people are behind that you know about. You can't just have that hope that this is going to work out from a company that sounds legit. No, you have to call them instead of them calling you. And uh, otherwise, it's going to end badly. So that's that's my not so succinct, but man, I hate that phrase. Be sure and check. Like we say that way too much. I know. Much. We say it, you know, it's kind of like read everything before you sign it. But I mean, I'm sure I, I know I've definitely signed things I haven't read completely. I mean, anyone that owns property, those closings, it's a lot of documents. We've all signed things that we haven't read completely. So we all need to do a better job. Yeah. It is. It's ugly. And I'm sitting here uh, looking at uh, at one of the comments that somebody has uh, that's with us live here on Facebook. Kathy says, my bank called the other day about a transaction I made under 50 bucks and I wouldn't give info over the phone. He got mad and told me to call the number on the card and then hung up on me. Then he put a hold on my card over the holiday week and I didn't even wait for me to call the number on the card. Well, A, it's good that you didn't do that. B, I can't believe that he got angry. Um, because there's no way they should get angry. Not today. Uh, I love the fact that he told you to call the number on the card. I think that that's, that is fantastic. The anger part, bad customer service on their end. Cause I think that's what you should have done in the first place. So fan, fantastic. Or he should have told you to call the number on the card because they want to talk to you. I like it by the way, you see the big credit card companies, Bobby do that. Um, yeah. where they say, Hey, just call this number. All right. We are out of here for today. Thanks everybody for hanging out with us. If you want to watch the show being made, head to uh, facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamins. If you want to take part in Bobby's incredible polls for these, where do people uh, find us on social media, Bobby? At Money Friends Pod on both Instagram and on Twitter. And we can also, uh, if you want to read the articles that we're talking about, you can go to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com and go to the schedule. We'll see you back here next time at Money with Friends. Bye-bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Our engineer is Caden Thompson. And for a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. 
I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with a real episode of Money with Friends. <laughs>